Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday, August 25th, and I am thrilled to have my very good friend Aaron Odom on the podcast with me today. We're going to be talking about all things money and marriage and family. Aaron has a brand new book out called More Than Just Making It, and I know you guys are going to be encouraged by her message. So stick around. I think you're going to be glad you came. All right, as you guys know, we have been celebrating all week the 500th episode of the Heidi St. John podcast. It started on Monday when Jay and I were talking about it, and it ends today. And so you have till the end of the day to list a review somewhere, tell people why you love the Heidi St. John podcast. Use the hashtag. This is really important. Use the hashtag for those of you who are old school. It's the pound symbol. All right. Use the hashtag HSJ podcast. And then just write a couple of uh, sentences out why you listen to it. And we'd really love it if you'd link back to it on iTunes or or over at the blog at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. And then um, we are going to be uh, tallying up all of those um, entries. Everybody that uses the hashtag, your name's going to go into a drawing. And we're going to be giving away a bunch of Becoming MomStrong swag. So don't forget to do that. At the end of this podcast, hop on over to your social media. Use the hashtag HSJ Podcast. You can use it at Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And leave a review over at iTunes because those names are also being entered in the drawing. And then those names will be announced. We were going to do it on Friday, but we decided to give you guys all day uh, because through the end of the week. So the winners will be announced to that um, in an email that will go out next week. So you've got all day today to use the hashtag HSJ podcast and we'll announce the winners soon. Today's podcast is being sponsored again by our friends at Jelly Telly. They are actually sponsored the whole week this week. If you guys are not familiar with Jelly Telly and you've got kids at home and you are as frustrated by uh, normal media as I am, go ahead and check out Jelly Telly. It's basically safe and awesome downloads for your kids. And from my perspective, and Jay and I talked about this on the show on Monday, I want my kids to enjoy uh, watching television, but I also do, I want the things that they see to point them to Jesus, which is why I love Jelly Telly. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I want to encourage you to do that. They've got streaming video on there, including VeggieTales. Hello. I know all the songs. I could actually part, I could probably start singing Barbara Manatee, but then I would take too much time. Allegories, Friends and Heroes, and of course, What's in the Bible. Tons of awesome stuff over for you on Jelly Telly. And also, they are doing a special right now for listeners of the Busy Mom podcast. So if you visit jellytelly.com today and use the coupon code the busy mom that they will send you a 10 page Jesus coloring book download and you'll also get your first week of jelly telly for free so check it out at jellytelly.com and don't forget to use the coupon code the busy mom 
All right. So I am excited today to have a really good friend of mine on the podcast. I actually have a lot in common with Aaron, and we've been talking so much offline that I'm, uh, I was starting to worry that we're going to run out of things to talk about. But Aaron Odom is the founder of a popular blog called The Humbled Homemaker, and her blog has been dedicated to grace-filled living, and it's been designed to equip and encourage mothers in the trenches, which, hello, moment of silence for mothers in the trenches. Erin uh, describes herself on her blog. This is cracking me up. She has Southern charm. She also has a Southern accent, which you'll hear in just a second. So Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I'm always thrilled to get people on my podcast with a Southern accent because I guarantee you, by the time I'm done talking to you, I'll be doing the same thing. <laughs> it's funny because I don't, I don't really hear my accent, but I know that I have one. <laughs> you probably hear my accent. My accent's kind of a Portland accent, really. But do I have an accent? Be honest. I've been told we're accent neutral over here in this part of the country. You have a little bit of an accent. I don't think I would know where you were from, except that you weren't from the South. I think your husband has more of a California accent. I was hearing him a minute ago. <laughs> That's because he's a musician. <laughs> he is a musician. They all have a California accent. Well, I tell everybody a little bit about, so you, this is your first time on the Heidi St. John podcast. So tell my listeners a little bit about you and your husband and uh, what's going on with your family. So we um, have been married for 12 years. My name is Erin. I'm married to Will. We've been married for 12 years. We have four kids. We have three little girls who are nine, going on seven, five, and then we have a little baby boy who is six months old. All of our kids have red hair. My husband and I are both natural redheads too, just a little random tidbit. And we live in the Charlotte area of North Carolina. My husband and I met in Costa Rica in 2003. He and I were both doing mission work there, and we um, blog for a living. So my husband was a high school Spanish teacher for years, and now um, he and I both run my blog together. That is so awesome. I love it. Did you know that I am coming to the Charlotte area for Becoming MomStrong, and you're not going to be in town? I'm pretty sure that's how it's going down. Yes. I am so sad. I'm not going to be in town when you're here, but I know you travel a lot, so I'm hopeful you'll come back. Right. And then we talked offline about my brother just moved to Portland, yeah. so hopefully we'll catch each other on one side of the country before too long. I know. I'm hoping. So for those of you who, who just heard me uh, say that, I'm actually going to be coming to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Becoming MomStrong Conference on October 6th and 7th, and you guys can actually register for that right now, even though Aaron's not going to be there. I'll try to hold it. Not. I'll try not to hold it against you, Aaron. <laughs> I'm so sad I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a brand new book out called More Than Just Making It. And I, I've i read that book cover to cover when I got um, the arc from you in the mail. And I was so encouraged by what you're talking because really the heart behind uh, More Than Just Making It is it's more than just you know practical how-tos of how we can live on single incomes and how we can stretch our money and how we can make more money. But what I was so encouraged is that you really are helping mothers, especially um, redefine the American dream. Like in this country, we are so obsessed with having more, right? It's just more, 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 more. And I loved your heart. Why did you write more than just making it? Well, I wrote more than just making it. My husband and I went through a period of living on a low income for about four years during and right after the recession. And during that time, I kept thinking in my head, 
we're just barely making it. We're just barely making it. And I would just whisper prayers to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, help us to trust you during this time. And he really taught us to trust him during that time. And so at some point during that four-year period, um, it was almost like, I couldn't say like then this is what he's calling me to do, but the idea to write a book kind of came in my head, but it's one of those things that I kept pushing aside. And um, then a literary agent who we share, Bill Jensen, contacted me. He emailed me uh, January 2014. So this was, by the time my book comes out, it's going to be almost four years from the time he emailed me. Um, people say, how can young moms write a book? I, I say I'm young, I'm, I'm 36, but how could, you know, a mom of four kids or seven kids or 10 kids write a book? Well, it's a lot longer process That's than right. people might see. That's exactly right. looking in. Yep. Yep. So when um, Bill wrote me, I took some time to just go and pray. I actually went to Starbucks, which I barely ever go to, but I, I went and we I took my We need more Bible people praying journal. in Starbucks. Can I just say that? <laughs> like if everyone listening to this would actually just open their Bible and pray in Starbucks, there actually might be some sort of spiritual revival in this country. Mm, there could be. <laughs> there could yeah, be. I mean, you're right. <laughs> my, well, it was like my my regular coffee shop was closed, so I went to Starbucks yeah. that day. It may have been the last time I went, but anyway, so I <laughs> I prayed and I journaled and I actually wrote like this outline of my life and I looked at how God had been really calling me to write from the time I was a really little girl and I didn't know all of the details. I didn't even know it was going to be this particular book right then, but I just felt like the Lord was leading me to walk in this. That's it's like those are the words. It's like I I heard, even though it wasn't audible. I just just heard like walk in mm. this, and so I started that journey. And Bill and I talked a lot, and um, I just prayed. And you know, at the time, you know, my platform is not built just on um, financial. That's not what all my blog is about. But it was the story, the testimony of how God had worked in our lives and taught us how to trust Him during that time and to cultivate contentment and gratitude. It was that story that I really felt like God wanted me to share. Mm. So that's how the book came to be. You know, I think it's interesting. I was reading uh, reading a little bit about um, about your bio and kind of what happened to you. And I, I related to it a lot because you say, you know, you were a stay-at-home mom and your husband was supporting your family on a teacher's salary. I was a stay-at-home mom. My husband supported our family on a pastor's salary, which I think they might be very similar. Um, and despite the fact that you guys didn't have any debt, you're still scrambling to make ends meet. And eventually you found yourself standing in line for food stamps. And I went through that. I've talked about that on the podcast a few times as well. When uh, in the middle of the recession, you know, when you're, when you're making just barely enough to get along, it, it, it doesn't take much to uh, and to put you in line for food stamps. And I can remember very clearly uh, going down really early one morning and standing in line because you had to get down there in, in this particular area. You had to go down like before it was light outside. Otherwise, you're going to be there all day long. So I went down there and I saw all these. I took my Bible down. You know, I thought, I'm just going to sit, you know, find myself a chair and I'll sit and I'll wait for my number to be called. And there were no chairs. So I, I got there and the doors to open kind of into sort of a um like a like a little area before you could actually go into the building. And the woman in front of me was a drug addict and the and the guy sitting right next to me was an alcoholic. I mean, he just reeked of alcohol. This is one of those things where the alcohol just like poured out of his um, you know, it's coming out of his pores and he just reeked. And I in that moment 
I can remember just, I, I, and there's no place to sit. So I sat on the floor next to these two people and the Lord met me there in such an amazing way, did such an incredible thing in my heart. He was just like, Heidi, dude. Cause I was like, Lord, why am I here? Why am I here? I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I didn't make these bad choices. And the Lord was like, you know what, Heidi, but by the grace of God goes you right? And it humbled me. It was good for me. It was good for me. And I ended up talking to those people next to me and just finding out, you know, saying, Hey, what's going on with you? And the Lord gave me compassion. And I think he used it and he uses everything uh, that we go through. I don't know if you don't know if that, um, if you found that happen in your life, but it was good. I think it ended up being a good, a good thing for us. It really was a good thing for me, Heidi. You know, I had grown up in upper middle class America. Um, I had never wanted for anything. My parents, their dream was to send me and my brother and sister to Christian school. So we went to Christian school from kindergarten through until we graduated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, had always grown up in church. And just we were always the givers and never the recipients of charity. So I didn't realize, though, that I had this pride, really, yep. Yep. until that day that I entered the food stamps office. And that's how the book opens with me entering the food stamp office. And I'm, I really don't hold back with describing my pride in this book. And my husband, even when I was reading it out loud to him before I said, okay, this is it. We can't take anything else out. He said, but, but I don't think you're like that. And I said, but I was like that in my heart. I was thinking all these things in my heart. I was sitting there waiting for the social worker to process my paperwork, thinking I'm above this. I was a straight A student, you know, I always made the quote unquote right choices. And it was like the Lord began to really crumble my pride during that time. And like you said, but by the grace of God and that we never know what's behind someone else's story. You never know how the alcoholic ended up that way or, you know, how the drug addict or the unwed mother. And really he, he began to show me. I became a Christian when I was nine years old. At this time, I was 29, 29, 30. And he began to really show me my depravity like I had never seen it before. So even though I became a Christian when I was nine, I really don't think I fully grasped my mm-hmm. depravity until I was 30 and that it was only by his grace that I wasn't in, you know, the drug yeah, addict. That's right. Um, yeah. And he humbled me so much during that time. And so I'm thankful that we lived it. And I talk about that in my book. I'm so thankful that I lived it. I'm so thankful that he gave us a testimony to share about how we learned to trust him, how he cultivated humility and gratitude and contentment in our lives during that time. And now we can share that with other people. Yeah. And when you talk about cultivating gratitude, this is something that's like sorely missing, right? We see this in the culture all the time. I am amazed. I, I literally am. I'm amazed at how easily offended we are in the culture. We're offended about everything. And and we've forgotten that we live in the most um, amazing place on the planet. Like if you live in Western uh, society, if you live in Europe, or you're not, uh, you know, scraping in the garbage dumps of Africa for your food, you actually have a pretty good thing going on. And when you talk about cultivating gratitude, and I love that that's so much of the heart of, of, of your book and learning to recognize the blessings of God, how, how, for the moms who are listening in this and they want to cultivate that in their children, because that's such a big thing. We cannot give our kids what we don't have. So if we want, if we want to raise children who are grateful and children who cultivate, you know, who look around them and go, thank you, Lord, for what I have. And how can I give back to serve others? Where do you send uh, somebody like that just to start? Where would you say, start here? 
I would say just as you, we are discipling our children as we are coming and as we are going, I say that we cultivate gratitude as we are coming and as we are going. And just the every day when um, at, towards the end of my book, not to spoil a surprise, but we were able to buy a house and we, I would sit in my driveway. We've lived here for four years now, probably for the first year or more. And just, I would turn off my car. And I would look up at the house and I would just start praising God for it because we have been through so much. And I never imagined that we would actually have a home for our kids. I know that sounds crazy, but at the time I never thought that. And my little girls, sometimes they would say, mommy, why aren't we getting out of the car? And I would say, look what God has done. Look how God has provided for all of our needs. We have a roof over our heads. You know, we have, um, you know, warm heat in the winter. We have air in in the, uh, the uh, summer and just being able to walk from day to day and point out things that you have as God's provision for your family. I think in our American culture, we give ourselves so much credit, you know, just like I said, I worked hard. I I made good grades. I went to college and, you know, I really um, pulled up my bootstraps and really worked to get all these things that we have. But when we do that, we fail to credit the one who has orchestrated our entire lives from the moment we are born, who is the giver of everything, who puts us in the places in life where he knows we're going to draw closer to him and give him the most glory. And so I would say just start out by when you are gratitude, when you are grateful. Uh, saying those things out loud, yeah. talking about, look how, you know, when you're in the store and something's on sale, say, oh, this is awesome. This gluten-free cake mix is on sale so we can get it and we can make gluten-free cupcakes because our family's gluten-free and it's expensive and say, look how God provided for us today. Yeah. And your, our kids, I think they'll catch on to that gratitude instead of just saying, well, we work really hard for what we have and we're entitled to this because yeah. we live in such an entitlement culture. Man. And it's one of those things I talk about in my book, you know, I was born in 1980. Learning the whole concept of keeping up with the Joneses, it wasn't something that someone had to sit down and teach us. It was some, it's something that is so ingrained in us that it's just part of who we are until we walk through a, a season where God really opens our eyes and shows us our pride and our sense of entitlement. Yeah. And it's so prevalent. It's so prevalent in the culture. When you say you were born in 1980s, my husband's shaking his head over here because, you know, he was born in the 60s and I was born in (laughs) 1970. But I'll tell you what, we came of age in the 80s. And it was Mm. such an it was such an era of extravagance. I can remember just Christmas, you know, we had so many Christmas presents because my grandparents put us through a private Christian school, too. So I went from kindergarten uh, through grade 12 in a private Christian school and I was surrounded by excess. And so coming out of that and realizing that that actually wasn't good for me. <laughs> like there was just so much it wasn't good for me. And I can remember, um, I don't know if this encouraged you or not, Aaron, or if you can relate to it, but um, it wasn't that long ago. You know, people say, oh, write a book. I think what you were saying earlier is totally right. There's so much, like my book, Becoming Mom Strong, is releasing here in a couple of weeks. And so much went into that. I mean, blood, sweat, tears, time, energy, effort, they all go into those because you got to put that, you you do have to hustle, right? So we're not, we're not, we're not encouraging listeners to just sit back and go, all right, Lord, show me the money, <laughs> right? It, it, it does, right. it does take hard work and, and um, creativity and faith in God's provision. But here's the thing, when you hit those, those, those rough spots and Jay and I hit a rough spot um, once and I can remember going back out onto the porch because we live 
uh, we have a, a multi-generational home. We live with Jay's mom. And um, I went back on the on the back porch and I was so frustrated. And I I told her, I said, man, you know what? This, this um, writing thing that I'm doing for a living, this is like actually really hard. It's really hard. I said, I kind of want to go back to the way we lived our lives before, you know, when Jay had his normal job and I have my normal job and I just, I, I don't want to feel like the provider. And she stopped me dead in my tracks. And she said, since when were you or Jay ever your provider? Since Ooh, wow. when did you ever think of yourself as your provider? And I, the Holy Spirit was just like, thank you, Jerry St. John. Thank you, mother-in-law, you know, because it is God who's our provider. And I think sometimes we look to things and we look to people and instead of going to the Lord and saying, Father, you know, it, um, we need your provision. We're crying out to you. We're willing to do what you ask us to do, but we know that ultimately you hold these things in your hand. And I think when we realize that God is our provider, it takes us back to him uh, before we look to these other things. And to me, there there is power in, in recognizing that. And it also cultivates that attitude of, of uh, gratitude because you're going, this is, this is the Lord. This is his blessing. Even, and you know, the scripture is clear. Like, you know, God, God tells us to have a good work ethic, you know, we're to work as the ants do. But I think when we look at it, who has given us the gifts that we have that can create more income and provide for our family? Yeah. God has. Yeah. You know, it all goes back to him. And I think so often, especially in our American culture, we fail to credit him for it. And I've been the same way, Heidi, even since I wrote the book, I have to go back and read the book because, <laughs> you know, it, it is really hard work writing these books and our books are releasing like a week or two apart. Yep. It's such hard work. And I have been the same way and just, you know, have said, I, I kind of, I would, I have reminisced about those low income days where, you know, we had our WIC checks and my husband was working his job and I was at home with the, with, you know, three babies born within four years and it felt crazy and just, what if we could go back to that and I wouldn't be the provider anymore, but yeah. my husband and I do this together. And it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit has to remind me, like, you're, I'm, you're not the provider, Aaron, you know, your husband's not either, just like your mother-in-law said, God yeah. is the great provider. God is the provider. And I love, one of the things I love about um, more than just making it is that you encourage readers to kind of look above where their circumstances are and you're giving them, you're giving them money saving tips. I mean, obviously this book is about, you know, more than just making it. So you're giving them practical tips and um, encouraging them. I mean, a lot of what I read, I was like, yep, did that, did that, did that, did that. I love <laughs> the whole, like, actually I still am. And if you still are Aaron, but I am a thrift store girl. Like I really am. It, I am hard pressed unless I'm in the clearance section, you know, I'm hard pressed to just go into a, a, a clothing store and pay full price for anything because we've lived frugally for so long and there's nothing wrong with being frugal. It's a good, good thing because they may be, when you're not in a season of your life, when the frugality is required, you learn that you don't need all that excess money and you can go, Lord, this is kingdom money. I actually don't need it. I have everything I need. What can I do for the kingdom with the money that you've given me? And it changes your perspective on money. Have you found that kind of be true in your own life? I have absolutely found that to be true. So I still shop consignment. We have seasonal consignment sales. I still shop for most of my kids stuff that way or clearance. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where you can make your money stretch. If it doesn't take up more time, because I do think it's tricky. You have to look at being a good steward of your time and being a good steward of your money. So sometimes I think it is worth spending more if it's going to take you 
in this exorbitant amount of time, right? Maybe cooking everything 100% from scratch, if you're not doing it for health reasons. But I also think like, it does, it takes me less time really just to go to the consignment sale and pick out my kids clothes once a year. So it's being a good steward of my time and it's being a good steward of my money. Um, And I think that in that way we can give more, you know, and making more money, you know, that's a part of my book is creating more income for your family, because that's how um, we were able to exit low income living. But it's not about, well, let's just live the the high life and live rich. It's about being able to give more to others. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, we could, that's a message that uh, the United States needs to hear. I mean, I think that's a message we need to hear, kind of take our eyes off of ourselves. I was thinking when you were talking about consignment, I gave a shout out to my friend Brooke, who owns the consignment store where I live here in Battleground, because I frequent that place. And we have, we have figured out in, in our home, you know, I, I will, when my kids outgrow their clothes, we wash them, then we put them in bags according to season. And so when the season comes around, I take, you know, two or three big bags of clothes down there. And I have, I don't think I have actually paid for clothes for my kids for, for a lot, you know, a lot. I mean, sometimes I will, but for the most part, I go down there and I've got $150 worth of credit because I'm kind of recycling, you know, I'm taking the stuff down that's in good shape and we're selling it and then we're buying used clothes. And our kids are actually, I think when you raise your kids to feel like um, this is a neat thing to do, um, they don't go, mom, why am I not, why are we not at Macy's? Like they're stoked. I came down the consignment store and they're like, yeah, new pair (laughs) of shoes, new jeans, new shirts, like they're into it. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think when you raise your kids with that, that it's just, it's the norm. You know, my parents, my dad had a good job. Their dream was to send us to Christian school. So that's what they poured a lot of their money into, but they never snubbed hand-me-downs. So yeah. I grew up wearing a lot of hand-me-down clothes and they never snubbed secondhand things. We, we, shopped big lots and discount stores. And it was like, they were magical places where we could find all kinds of cool stuff. Right. <laughs> and, you know, but it was, I didn't realize it at the time, but now I know they were really being good stewards of their money by doing that. Yeah. And it helps, I think, when when parents, mom and dad, when you're teaching your children that this money that we have actually belongs to the Lord, like everything that we have belongs to the Lord. And he's called us to be a good steward. I loved, Aaron that you said we're called to be good stewards of our time as well as our money. And so everything that we do needs to be kingdom focused. Like, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? If we have extra money, what do you want us to do with it? And then once we realize, hey, God's in all of it, it makes a huge difference in the way that we organize and orchestrate the money that we have. Absolutely. So Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. I hope, um, I hope that more than just making it, I hope you hit the New York times girl. I hope you do. I'm going to be praying for that. <laughs> I am praying for that. Well, That would be a God sized miracle. <laughs> hey. I'm so excited about becoming mom strong too. It's a book that is so needed and I, I loved it and I wanted to reread it because it's just awesome for moms. Thank you so much. And I'm going to keep praying for you. If you guys are interested in Aaron's new book, it is available for pre-order right now. I will link back to all things Aaron Odom at the show notes today. And Aaron, I just want to encourage you to keep speaking truth to mothers. I think it's so important. I love your blog. I love the humble homemaker. Love what God's doing in your life. And I thank you so much for blessing our audience by coming on the podcast today. 
Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. You have an awesome day. You're very welcome. Hey, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I'm going to be coming back on Monday, the 28th with Mailbox Monday. I got a couple of really interesting questions from listeners that we are going to address on Monday's edition of the podcast. In the meantime, don't forget to check out jellytelly.com. Use the code thebusymom and they'll give you a free, on just in time for school, a free coloring book download and also a free week of listening to and watching the movie at Jelly Telly. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. Mm-hmm.